Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend. We join you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where the Indians are in the midst of a huge series against the Detroit Tigers, an opportunity to really put some distance between themselves and the Tigers and draw closer to their first American League Central Division title since 2007. Heading into play on Saturday late afternoon, the Indians with a 4-10 first pitch on Saturday afternoon. The Tribe's magic number to clinch the division is 9 after a win over the Tigers on Friday night at Progressive Field. Coming up on this week's show, as always, we'll hear from Carter Hawkins and have a complete farm report from the Indians' Director of Player Development. We will also be joined by Indians' Cy Young candidate again, Corey Kluber, who won the award back in 2014. And Kluber has been tremendous this year as he won his 17th game on Friday night. Brandon Geyer will also join us, a key cog in the Indians' outfield, and another post-trade deadline acquisition Coco Crisp will join us as well as he's in his second go-round now with the Cleveland Indians. When we return, it's a look at the week gone by after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk, Jim Rosenhouse, back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Taking a look at the week gone by, it started with back-to-back defeats in Chicago earlier this week as the White Sox defeated the Indians 11-4 in the four-game series opener on Monday night and backed it up with an 8-1 defeat of the Tribe on Tuesday night. But the Indians have stayed away from long losing streaks all season long. In fact, they are the only team in baseball that has not had a losing streak of more than three games all season. And they pulled that off again. They had dropped two straight heading into Wednesday night's game against the White Sox, but they played extremely well at U.S. Cellular Field Wednesday evening, got some strong pitching from Josh Tomlin, and defeated the White Sox 6-1. to one. They got it going in the fourth inning thanks to Jose Ramirez. Carlos Rodon out of North Carolina State. Here comes his 1-1. Swung on, line drive, right center field. That gets down for a base hit. It splits the gap. Napoli scores easily, racing around third and scoring the go-ahead run is Santana in the third with a triple. Jose Ramirez. And the Indians grab a 2-1 to lead. He comes through again 
With a runner in scoring position does Jose Ramirez. Triple number three on the season for Ramirez. And now he has 66 runs driven in. Later on in the fourth, it was Brandon Geyer with a big RBI base hit. Right-handed batter infield in. The pitch to him. Swung on. Looped to shallow left. That gets down for a base hit. And that'll score Ramirez on what sounded like a broken bat single for Brandon Geyer. But he gets the run in from third with less than two outs. And the Indians now lead it 3-1. to one. Meanwhile, Josh Tomlin, who had not started a game for the Indians since August the 30th, was rolling through five innings. Swung on, ground ball, slowly hit to Napoli at first. Flips to Tomlin, covering in time for the out. And it's a three-up, three-down inning for the White Sox. And we'll head to the sixth. Tribe three, Chicago one. Then in the top half of the sixth inning, Coco Crisp put the game away for the Tribe. He delivers, and Coco with a drive to deep left. Away, back, gone. And the Indians get the blowout home run from another acquisition. Coco Crisp with a three-run home run to left to blow this puppy open. Six to one, the Indians now lead it. And what a greeting Coco Crisp is going to get in that first base dugout. That is his first home run with the Indians. It's his 12th of the year. And the subtle additions that Chris Antonetti and Mike Chernoff made, Coco Chris, Brandon Geyer, to say nothing about Andrew Miller, and big-time dividends. In the ninth, it was Cody Allen on in a non-save situation, but getting it done just the same. Here's the one-two. Swung on, smashed up the middle behind second, gloved by Martinez, steps on second, throws to first, ball game. A 4-3 double play to end it. And Cody Allen works the ninth, keeps the Sox off the board despite the error, and the Indians get a much-needed 6-1 win. They have reduced their magic number to 12, and they maintain a six-game lead over the Tigers. So a 6-1 win had the Indians back on the winning track, and they were looking for the series split on Thursday afternoon, but it was Chicago that came away with a walk-off win on a Carlos Sanchez RBI base hit in the bottom half of the ninth inning. The Sox won it by a score of 2-1. to one. So that set the stage for the big series against the Detroit Tigers. The Indians heading into play on Friday night with a six-game lead over their Central Division rivals with the season starting to fade now on Detroit. The Indians' magic number heading into Friday night's play was 11 any combo of Tribe wins, Tiger defeats, totaling 11, and the Indians win the division crown. And, man, did they play well on Friday night, continuing a trend against the Tigers, a team that they had won 11 of the 12 meetings against this season. They got it going early. Mike Napoli at the plate with men on base. Fulmer sets the right-hander, checks third. He delivers a swing and a towering fly ball to left. This will get a run home. Upton drifting toward the line. He can't see it. Ball hits on the track. It hits off the wall and jumps over the 19-foot wall. That'll be a two-run double for Mike Napoli. Upton never saw it. The left fielder drifted toward the line, suddenly put his hands out and said, Help! 
and the ball hit behind him on the warning track. And I don't know if I've ever seen a ball hit the warning track and jump over the 19-foot wall for a ground rule double. Unbelievable. And it's a 2-0 Tribe lead, and Napoli has done it again. So the Indians had the early lead in the first inning. Then with a score 2-1 to one in the second, Carlos Santana came up big. Now the payoff pitch. Swung on, bounced toward first. Into the hole and into right, a base hit. That'll score Naquin. Here comes El Monte. Throw to the plate. Not in time. Ball got away from McCann. On his way to second is Santana. And the Indians have a 4-1 lead. Carlos Santana bounced it. Wide of Cabrera, who went to his right, couldn't make the play. Then in the fifth, Napoli went deep once again. Here's the 2-2. Swung on. There's a high fly ball to deep left. If it is fair, it is gone, and it is a home run, Mike Napoli. A towering blast to left, and it stayed fair. And the Indians continue to tack on. They now lead it 6-1. to one. Number 34 for Napoli. And that one left the building. They were chasing it out on Eagle Avenue, Larry Doby Way. As Napoli continues to just crush the baseball here at Progressive Field. Meanwhile, Corey Kluber was turning in a stellar effort. Now the payoff pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. Right field, not deep. Belmonte makes the catch. And Corey Kluber has delivered another stellar performance. He gets Cabrera to fly out. He gives up the leadoff double. And that runner never scored after getting to third with one out. Stretch time at the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. With the score, the Cleveland Indians, seven, and the Detroit Tigers, four. And in the bottom of the seventh inning, Jose Ramirez came through again. Payoff pitch. Swung on, grounded toward first by the diving Cabrera into right field, a base hit. Napoli around third. He's coming home. And Jose Ramirez delivers another RBI single by the Statue of Liberty at first base. Cabrera looked like a big oak tree just kind of falling to the ground as he dove by that ball. That ball didn't look like it was that sharply hit. But it's an RBI single for Jose Ramirez. And the Indians lead it 8-4. And the Indians, Jose Ramirez has 68 RBIs on the year. In the eighth, it was Roberto Perez coming up big. Swung on, light drive, base hit, left field. Here comes Rajay Davis home. And the Indians now lead it 9-4, to four, and they just keep piling on. So Roberto Perez with his second RBI tonight, 15 on the year. And the Indians have scored off all four Tiger pitchers. And Jason Kipnis as well. The pitch. Swung on, hit in the air, deep right center. Long run for Martinez, still back, can't make the catch. Hits the track, jumps over the wall. Ground rule RBI double Jason Kipnis. Perez will score, Santana will go back to third. 
Kipnis into second with an RBI double. And the route is on. 10 to 4 Indians. And still nobody out. And Jason Kipnis has his 34th double of the year. He has his 78th RBI of the year. And in the end, it was Dan Otero on for the ninth. The pitch. Swing and a miss. Ball game. Moya strikes out. Otero has a 1-2-3 ninth inning. And the Indians manhandle the Tigers tonight in every phase of the game. The Tribe with an 11-4 mauling of the Tigers to increase their lead to seven games over Detroit and reduce their magic number to nine. So the Indians had an 11-4 victory over the Tigers, and they'll meet again Saturday late afternoon, a 4-10 first pitch series finale Sunday afternoon at 1-10, with the magic number now for the Tribe shrinking to nine as they continue to play outstanding baseball this season, especially against their rivals from Detroit. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from Indian Cy Young Award candidate Corey Kluber after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland where the Indians are hosting the Tigers this weekend. On Friday night, Corey Kluber won his 17th game against just nine defeats, and he certainly is squarely in the conversation of what appears to be a, a wide-open race for American League Cy Young Award as there are several certainly worthy candidates this season, and it may come down to who performs best down the stretch, and certainly Kluber has done that, especially in the second half of the season. Eight wins since the All-Star break for Corey Kluber, including his victory over the Tigers on Friday night. We had a chance to visit with Kluber in Chicago after he had defeated the Twins earlier this week for win number 16. And with Kluber, a lot of times he has pitched in games where the Indians' bullpen might be tested, bottom line being he needs to pitch deep into games. And we talked about doing just that when the team needs him most, but he said it really is not a matter of, of what happens before or after he pitches. He just tries to focus and be as consistent as he can every time out, regardless of the situation. Yeah, that's always my goal is to go deep in the game, and I think that the best way for me to do that is to, you know, take it batter by batter, pitch by pitch, not worry about trying to think that I need to go, you know, this deep into the game or, you know, only the bullpen cover this many innings. Uh, that kind of takes away from the task at hand. So I've just kind of found that for me the best way to to approach it is to just, you know, really go pitch by pitch, not, not worry about trying to accomplish something that's, you know, in the, in the length of the game, you know, a long time away. When you look at at your time in the major leagues, it seems like this time of year you continue to, to throw the ball well at a time when some pitchers struggle with, with innings starting to pile up, things like that. What has been the, the biggest key for you that you've found that allows you to have success and, and keep your stuff as the season goes along? Um, you know, I think it's it's really preparing during the offseason to to handle a you know a big workload, a lot of innings. I think that that's you know that's that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do every every season and that's how I try to prepare for the season is to you know not not just be in a good spot when spring training comes along but also to 
to prepare myself to where when it does get to the point at the end of the year where you're starting to rack up some innings hopefully and you know you get into that 200 barrier whatever it may be that that you're not you're not fading but you know you still feel good physically and you're still able to go out there and, and do what you want to do because you've been able to do it a, a couple of times now at the major league level it does it it give you some hope early in a season regardless of what go, goes on that you know that you have a pretty good chance to, to throw the ball well down the stretch yeah I think it's I mean I think that it's more than anything kind of taking it start by start you know not not really putting too much stock into one start as opposed to another it's really just you know one of hopefully you know 34 give or take starts that you're going to make throughout the year and you know hopefully you can you can attack each one of those starts that you make the same and and not really have more pressure on one or the other or have any letdowns or things like that but I think that's really what what kind of allows allows me to not get caught up in and trying to get to a certain threshold or things like that is just trying to just focus on the next start really the five-day routine you, you've been able to get on that every fifth day here for a while now uh, for some pitchers that they prefer maybe an extra day or two of rest and it helps them but it, it seems like for you staying on that fifth day rotation is is optimum for you and, and why do you think that is I mean I think there's definitely points throughout the year where you need an extra day I mean I don't think that it's it's in your best interest to from opening day through the last day of the season to throw every five days you know concrete but but I, th- I do like to get into into the routine of throwing every five days I mean you know you know how you want to get your work in in between if if there is an extra day and stuff like that but I think that just the consistency of you know throwing every five days when possible it, it gives you that chance to to kind of you're prepared for how your body is going to feel each day so you know how to approach your work and stuff like that and it's not trying to trying to plan out what you're going to do on that extra day to make sure you feel a certain way on the day you pitch but it's kind of just really just getting into the flow of that routine and then it's kind of like you you learn what works for you so it just starts to fall in place Corey Kluber joining us coming off a win yesterday against the Twins 20 left Indians up by seven over the Tigers and uh, we we're talking earlier the team in first place more than 100 days consecutively now and uh, when you look at that that's pretty impressive in terms of consistency and, and what have you seen from this team that, that allows them to stay away from the the really tough stretches for extended periods I mean, I think that we're we're aware of the situation that we're in right now, but we're not really approaching each day as you know we're we're this many up on whoever's in second place or anything like that. It's it's more so just going out and trying to win each game. And I think that you know we know that if we're the team that's in first place, as long as we play well, you know other teams have to come and catch us. Whereas you know we talked about it a few years ago, we were we were trying to chase people down, and no matter how well we played, we still needed to have to have help as, as far as other teams are losing. And I think that right now it's, it's really just going out there and trying to win each day. And we know that if we're able to go out there and, you know, play good baseball, it's going to be hard for people to catch us. And your manager, Terry Francona, has said that the team seems to be having fun with the position that they're in and enjoying it. It seems like a loose bunch. Is that as a big a key as any for a team in this spot? Yeah, I mean, I think that it is it is fun right now. You know, this is this is the the situation that we want to be in every year when we when we come to, to spring training is to not only have meaningful games in September but also have a chance to to play with past September. And I think that that's you know that's why it's it's fun to come to the park right now. We know that we're that we're in a good position, and you know it's it's fun to embrace that position and try to try to do what we set our goals out to do. You're certainly a big part of that. Another good one yesterday. Thanks for the time, as always. Thank you.
That's Corey Kluber, Indian Cy Young Award candidate, once again after winning the award in 2014. He certainly will be a prime contender this season as well. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll hear from a pair of Indians outfielders, Brandon Geyer and Coco Crisp, as we continue with Tribe Talk on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. Great to have you with us as we talk baseball on the radio. Heading into play on this weekend, the Indians hosting the Tigers. And a couple of keys for the Indians have been acquisitions either at the trade deadline or after the trade deadline by the Tribe. Of course, everyone knows about uh, the acquisition of Andrew Miller to bolster the bullpen, and he certainly has been as advertised a game-changer out of that pen for the Tribe. But at the trade deadline, the Indians also acquired Brandon Geyer from the Tampa Bay Rays to fill a need against left-handed pitching. He's a right-handed hitting outfielder with great splits against the lefties. And when we caught up with Geyer earlier this week in Chicago, he talked about his transition to the ball club, which has seemingly been seamless for him. Um, To be honest, I think it's... It's just all the guys on the team, the coaching staff, training staff, you know, everyone in the organization. Um, they've, they've made me feel uh, really welcome right away, um, you know, and then, you know, that aspect, the baseball aspect, that made that easier. And then once I got the family here from Florida, that made it even easier. So um, I'd say those two things combined and um, being in a playoff race and actually the clubhouse field being very similar to how the Rays were, and I think that might have been because Cash was here. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't too bad of a transition. And you mentioned being in a race before, and I, I know Tampa Bay's had a difficult year this year, but in recent seasons they've been right there. And yeah. uh, does that make a difference having been in it, especially as one of the few in this clubhouse who has? Uh, I think so. It can only help. Um, it's not going to hurt. Um, you know, to be a part of in 2011, the uh, – the September run, I think September 1st, we were behind nine games, and we came back and won the last game uh, to make the playoffs. So uh, to be part of that, and then another one, even though I was hurt, and just to see the atmosphere and how the guys went about their business, and, you know, I think something like that can only help. And your role here seems similar to what it was with Tampa Bay, and I'm sure you knew that coming in. But uh, just to know that Terry Francona is going to use you in certain spots, uh, does it make it easier to, to perform well when you get that chance? Oh, sure. You know, it's um, at the end of the day, it's, it's baseball. I've had this role. Um, I can't say it, it's easier because um, this game's not easy. Um, but, you know, just kind of knowing that, um, you know, and, I, and I've had some starts against righties. So really, you know, whatever they throw my way, uh, I'm going to put in the time and, and be prepared for, you know, whatever the situation is. And, um, just make sure I, I put in a lot of work, just uh, whatever pops up, and uh, so I'll be ready. And at this stage of your career, you've had some good major league time. Uh, do you feel like you're still improving and still have room to grow as, as you go along here? For sure. Uh, I still feel like, uh, as a whole baseball player, I can grow. Um, you know, when it comes to not just hitting lefties, but righties also, I can grow there. Um, in the field, base running, um, you know, every aspect. I feel like I can grow a lot more and get a lot better because, 
you know, I'm 30, but my body feels like, even though I get hit by pitches a lot, my body feels like I'm 20. You know, I feel great, and I feel like I have a lot of time left to play, and, um, you know, just really trying to get better every day. Brandon Geyer joining us, Tribe Outfielder. You mentioned hit by pitches, and you were you hit again last night. I know it, a lot of times it doesn't seem like it, it affects you too much. That one got you pretty good, though? Yeah, that was probably the worst one. Uh, you know, it's just... I started to run to first base like I always do, just try to get that feeling back in the leg because kind of went a little numb. But once I got to first, it was like, man, this doesn't feel like the others. Like, it just felt different. Um, so, I, you know, I stayed in, and, you know, Tito decided to take me out of the game. But I was fine to finish the game and um, got x-rays that were negative, thank God. And, uh, you know, and that was nothing they did on purpose. It's just, you know, it's part of the game. It happens. And, you know, just thank God it's nothing serious. And you're back in there today. So what do you do to, to try and make sure you're, you're ready to go despite getting plunked and, and having a body a little bit? Um, same, same thing as always. Uh, for me today, it was just getting treatment, um, getting some treatment, getting it ready, um, and then do my normal routine that I always do. Uh, and, you know, that gets me mentally and physically ready uh, to, to play the game. All right, Brandon. As always, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Okay, thank you. That's Brandon Geyer, Indians outfielder, who has been a, a real nice addition to this ball club and has come up big on numerous occasions, especially against left-handed pitching. Also joining the team at the deadline to make the postseason roster at the end of August was Coco Crisp, back for his second go-round with the Indians. He came up to the major leagues initially with the Tribe Boy back in 2002 and perhaps had his best year in his major league career with the Indians in 2005. What's it been like to transition back to the Indians this time around? Well, he says it's been pretty easy to settle in quickly with this year's tribe. Yeah, it was pretty easy. Um, being here before obviously helps. Being familiar with the clubhouse and some of the staff that was already here uh, makes it makes it easy transition. I already have played for Tito. Some of the guys here I played with and uh, the group of guys that are here right now are real easy going, young, you know, and have that uh, have that drive to win. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's easy to come in here. And, and you see that group of players you've been with, with teams that have been in contention and have gone to the playoffs before. What are some of the characteristics you see here that you really like? It's just light. Um, the atmosphere here, it's, uh, it's fun. Uh, you know, it's, everybody's joking around with each other, so it's a... It's a good group of guys that gel well and, um, you know, the, that drive to, to, to work hard and go out there and, and leave it all out there on the field is, is what you want out of a winning ball club. And how about your game at this stage of your career? Uh, how do you feel it's been going for you? I, I know this season has had some ups and downs, but at least right now, down the stretch for the Indians, you're feeling good about where you're at? Health-wise, I feel good. You know, it's, it's been a tough road the past couple of years, uh, you know, battling some I guess pretty significant injuries. And Prince, uh, you know, Prince ended up retiring because of something similar to, to what I'm, I, was, I was going through, and still have. But uh, actually, I'm feeling much better. Um, you know, at this point in my career, I think uh, as far as you know numbers and everything goes, it's you know, I've been doing a good job with the uh, the situation that I was kind of uh, put in. You know, it's just it's not as, as easy as people think to to come off the bench and, and try to stay. Uh, stay into the to mindset of, of being prepared all the time but I think um, as the year has gone on I figure out how to go about uh, playing in, in different in this different role than I've played in the past but um, 
you know, being over here and, and, and having practiced that role coming before coming over here, I think that, you know, I have a pretty good idea of how to how to go about it now. In the last series in Chicago, we see you go deep one night, and, and you're still a factor in the running game, certainly, for pitchers to be aware of. And is that what you can bring to this team, uh, maybe not a, on a nightly basis, but when you do get that opportunity? Yeah, obviously, you just try to go out there and do the best that you can in whatever situation you're put in. So the, the key with me is just make sure that I'm prepared uh, to prepare as much as I can to be successful. Um, so just from not playing for a couple days, few days, or whatever it may be, to to make sure I go hit BP a couple times a day uh, with it on top of going outside and hitting BP, you know, and um, you know studying a little bit more, or uh, you know, but that's just all personal stuff. I think uh, other ways that she can contribute is is just kind of being a a, a, a ear that people can talk to and, and kind of pick your brain. And, uh, and give back uh, some of the knowledge that you've you've acquired over the years as well. So you know, there's been a couple times here that you know I've gave uh, you know some some advice. Nothing serious, obviously, but I think pro- people trying to get a feel of me and, and, and seeing what how I could probably help out in that in that form. And you know, hopefully, I have. That's Coco Crisp, who has given the Indians a nice lift, and look for him to be a key player for this ball club come postseason. Stay with us when we come back. It's our final segment as we'll hear from Carter Hawkins, the Indians Director of Player Development, as we conclude Tribe Talk after this timeout on the Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. The Indians and the Detroit Tigers meeting this weekend in a huge series as the Indians try and draw closer to wrapping up an American League Central Division crown. They certainly took a step in that direction on Friday night with an 11-4 win over the Tigers in the series opener. The magic number heading into play on Saturday is down to nine. Meanwhile, on the minor league level, Akron won an Eastern League championship on Friday night. So hats off to the Rubber Ducks as Dave Wallace and his crew win an Eastern League title at the double-A level. And there's a chance of that also at the single-A level as uh, the Carolina, or excuse me, the Lynchburg Hillcats uh, had an opportunity at that as well, the Indian single-A club there. Columbus, they made the playoffs but were bounced in the first round of the International League playoffs. But when we visited with Carter Hawkins, the Indians' director of player development, earlier this week, he talked about the season that was for the Clippers, a season in which they won a lot of ball games and moved a ton of players to the major league level. So a lot of good happened at Columbus this season. Um, you know, you think about the things a AAA team has to go through over the course of the season, the you know, the different moves and adjustments that, you know, Chris Tremme, our manager there, and, you know, and then his entire staff have to make and the players there have to make, you know, just the constant up and down that travel between Columbus and, and Cleveland. It's, it's certainly uh, a bear, but they handle it really, really well, obviously. And they were able to, to reel off a bunch of wind this year, you know, within that environment. And so it was really exciting for us to, have them have the type of seasons that they did. You know, obviously came up short in the playoffs, but 
they also lost about about 10 or 12 of their players that, that helped get them there. So <clears throat> it was certainly a, a, a really exciting time for them. We are you know extremely happy with the, the job that all of those guys did. And you mentioned a lot of players going up and back <laughs> and just talking primarily to, to the relief pitchers like Kyle Crockett and, and Austin Adams, Ryan Merritt, Sean Armstrong, just to name a few. Uh, they all seem to, to really – uh, handle the the ups and downs literally of, of going from the major leagues to the minor leagues and back again uh, in a, a pretty good manner and and does that come from uh, things that Chris Tremmy says or, or is that just a credit to the kids and, and their outlook on things I think it's a combination of, of you know everything really from a standpoint of having a great environment to go into at the major league level having coaches there with Mickey Calloway or Tito or Brad Mills or Ty Van Berthelio, you know, the list goes on. Having them being very welcoming and understanding of, of the transition, having a great staff in AAA that's really making sure that their players are preparing for a major league opportunity, not just preparing to be good in AAA, and then the support staff around that, you know, our, our coordinator staff, all of our, uh, you know, different traveling performance coaches and trainers and everyone that makes sure that we replicate the AAA environment at the major leagues and vice versa is to the best of our ability. So, you know, certainly it was great to see those guys all get an opportunity at the major league level over the course of the year and another opportunity, you know, at the end of the year here and have some success with that. And, um, you know, it's, it's uh, very fulfilling for everyone that's involved. Carter Hawkins joining us, the Indians Director of Player Development. And you'll have a busy week when, when the team returns home as the Indians off-season development program is in Cleveland. And I know this is something different. Uh, it just started recently where you kind of shifted the focus of time of year and, and what you try and get out of a program for some of your elite minor league prospects. And, and explain what's going on next week as opposed to, to what it used to be. Yeah, Rosie. So we used to have a, a winter development program that was something that you know Mark Shapiro started back in the 90s. And it was an opportunity for players to come to Cleveland to really get an understanding of the city, to get some comfort here so that when they make that transition that we were talking about, they're as prepared as they possibly can be. And it was an extremely successful program. But one thing we found is that you know, that program was going on in January. And as we were trying to make adjustments with players, they were almost out of time from a standpoint of, you know, spring training was just a month away. So what we tried to do is, is combine a program that allowed players to put together an off-season program for themselves while at the same time getting that comfort with the city and, and being around the environment of Cleveland. And, you know, to layer on top of that, the fact that guys are going to be able to watch a Major League Baseball game or watch several Major League Baseball games during that time, you know, really just gives that windshield opportunity for our guys to be able to feel like, uh, they are close and understand uh, what they're potentially uh, working for, you know, over the course of the offseason. So we'll have about 30 guys here, and they'll be focusing on really just analyzing their seasons, reflecting on their careers up to this point, figuring out where they are, figuring out where they want to go in terms of their vision, and then we'll talk a lot about how to get there. And in the time that they're here, they'll also be really focused on the environment at the major league level and, and having – kind of that goal to shoot for so it should be really fun we're really excited and uh should be a busy and fulfilling week for sure and i know in talking to terry francona the indians manager saying last year i think he enjoyed meeting the young players and not for the first time i know he sees them at spring training but but having them here in cleveland 
and having that opportunity, it almost sounded like it was much as much fun for Tito as it is for the kids. I think that's that's one of the, the best parts of, of Tito or why he's so successful, just the love that he has for players and the connection that he makes with those guys. So, um, you know, he's I'm sure he's excited about, you know, reading about a Brad Zimmer, reading about a Brady Aiken, but be able to be able to meet those guys, interact with them, spend some time with them. Um, you know, it just creates that bond that's going to hopefully translate to when those guys are up in the major league level, and and vice versa. Obviously, our players getting to know Tito, it makes it so much more comfortable for them as they come in for their first game or their first, you know, their first debut at the major league level. You know, them to walk into the clubhouse and get a you know a warm hug or warm hello. Uh, you know, that definitely eases some of the anxieties that guys are going to have. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of benefits from that aspect of the program as well. And I know sometimes for players who go to Instructional League, which is, is down the road in, in the not-too-far-off future, uh, it can be a challenge because they just finish up that, that minor league season, and some of the players in town next week will be coming directly from a playoff series, whether it's Akron or, or Lynchburg. But I would imagine that this type of situation, they race to get up to, to Cleveland and be a part of that. Yeah, we, we always hope that guys are excited about, um, you know, the opportunity to, to be a part of one of these programs because we feel like it's, it's certainly something that can help boost uh, the effectiveness and efficiency of their development path. Um, but I think, yeah, anytime you're asking guys to come to Cleveland, be around a major league environment, you know, you don't get many no's or, 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 or whys uh, from that, that's for sure. All right, Carter. Well, it's always good to have you along, and then we'll catch up with you next week when the team's back home. Thanks so much, Rosie. Always appreciate it. That's Carter Hawkins, the Indians Director of Player Development, talking about uh, the season that was for Columbus, among other items, going on in the minor league system for the Tribe as the seasons now begin to wind down on every level of the Indians minor league system. Well, at the big league level, things going well for the Tribe. They try and continue to move closer to an American League Central Division crown as they continue this series with the Tigers through Sunday afternoon, then a day off on Monday, and then the Royals come to town and take on the Tribe Tuesday through Thursday nights. And again, the Indians have a chance on this homestand if they continue to play well at home, which they have done all season long, to wrap up the division here at home. So don't miss a pitch on the radio, and we'd love to see you down here at the ballpark. Great ticket bargains during the week at Indians.com. So head there for your ticket needs for Indians baseball this week, the last homestand of the regular season. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. We'll join you next week from right here at Progressive Field as the Indians will still be home next weekend, wrapping up the regular season home schedule with a series against the Chicago White Sox. Until then, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Well, big-time plays by big-time players when you're trying to play in October.